Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by the great folks at Zen Sports. Promo code ATOZTN gets you up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager in the Zen Sports app. And TrueMap Fitness, where you go for the best workout in Middle Tennessee. No workout ever recycled or repeated. Maximize your fitness goals with a new way to work out at TrueMapFitness.com. Wide receivers, plenty of them in free agency, even more so in the NFL draft. And it's not just an offensive line thing. You need corners, you need receivers, you need edge rushers, you need inside linebackers. You need a great many things because this roster is about to turn over in a big, big way. So as we look at the different ways that you can address this, um, as Kenneth Davidson said, wide receiver talk, let's go. Yes, this is a fun class. And Greg and I started to dive into the top end of it this morning, or rather earlier this afternoon on the install podcast, which is a part of the discussion that we're getting ready to have with you. So I'd like to start with your Two Rivers Ford take in the comment section. Where would you rank the Titans wide receiver room 1 to 32? Uh, I'll tell you who is in the Titans wide receiver room here in just a second for you to make that evaluation for yourself. I would tell you where I rank them here in just a moment. Right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take, because this is your Two Rivers Ford take, where would you rank the Titans wide receiver room is presented by Two Rivers Ford. Speaking of Titans wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins is a part of the Two Rivers Ford team. He drives a truck from Two Rivers. I drive my Ford Explorer from Two Rivers. I love the customer service, the quality American-made Ford vehicles, and all the great salespeople out there, the non-commissioned salespeople out there at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. How would you rank the Titans wide receiver room? Stephen King says one out of 32, he would go 34. So again, that Titans wide receiver room, as is it as it is presently constructed, looks like this, your depth chart for the wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, is your leading receiver. You have Traylon Burks, Mason Kinsey, Colton Dow, Kyle Phillips, and Kiaris Jackson. Those are the only players under contract in the Titans wide receiver room. Of course, NWI is an unrestricted free agent. He's your second most reliable wide receiver. And Chris Moore, who is an unrestricted free agent as well, uh, will hit the market at age 31. So that's what your wide receiver group looks like right now. It's not the best by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I don't know if you feel the way that Steven does, where they're 34th out of 32. Chase says 30th. Brian says 32nd. Uh, BF says if FanDuel rates Will Levis 32 out of 32, then wide receiver rank is 32. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't really care about what the gambling outlet ranked your quarterback. You know, I see a lot of you butt heard about it on the internet. I'm sure Levis is probably butthurt about it because there's five rookies or five guys who haven't even been drafted into the league ranked ahead of Will Levis right now, um, which would probably piss anybody off. But, you know, I don't think it's necessary to go get butthurt about the FanDuel list. And anyway, that's why you should be betting with Zen Sports anyway, because FanDuel doesn't know what the hell it's talking about with quarterbacks. 31st for Aubrey Calvin is where he says the Titans wide receiver room is. Uh, 29th for Brent on Facebook Live. So it is an unimpressive collection collection of players. 
the most impressive player in the Titans wide receiver room is DeAndre Hopkins. Now, we know that DeAndre Hopkins is their saving grace because beyond that, they don't really have anything worth talking about. Kyle Phillips is a non-factor. Traylon Burks is a non-factor. Mason Kinsey is lucky to be here. Just happy to be along for the ride. And Colton Dow, the former seventh-round pick in Kyrus Jackson, um, you know, fringe roster players playing for a new coach. And in the case of uh, in the case of Kinsey and Phillips and Burks, guys who were brought in under a different general manager, this is basically, you know, there are no rules for who you got to keep and who you got to cut. Now, Burks and Phillips are in all likelihood going to be on the roster this year. But they're not, you shouldn't look at them as a new coach just coming in here to salvage them. It's entirely possible that the new coaching staff looks around and be like, Hey, Rand, how do you feel about these wide receivers? Rand's going to look around and say, well, I didn't draft these wide receivers. Let's get some new ones. Okay, you're out. I think that's a completely feasible scenario to look at with a couple of guys who are sticking around. Um, Chris Frazier says, everyone is but, everyone is but D-Hop. I don't know what that means. Uh, Brent says, what's your number, Buck? Mike McCown says, 39th. Some high schools have better receivers than the Titans is what he is implying there. Um, Stevie says, what about Roberson? Well, there is no such human being on the Titans roster. Uh, there was a Reggie Roberson a couple of years ago. I don't think Reggie Roberson has been around for quite some time, but there is no such Roberson. Uh, again, the Titans wide receiver group beyond uh, under contract. So this does not include Chris Moore and Nick Westbrook, Akina, Traylon Burks, Hop, Mason Kinsey, Kyle Phillips, Colton Dow, Kiaris Jackson, those are currently what constitutes the Titans wide receiver group. You know, Hopkins makes me not want to put them last because there are plenty of teams that don't have DeAndre Hopkins. I would struggle to put them any higher than 30th because Hop is 32, still a high-level player. Age is not going to impact him and his game the way that it could a lot of players at that position. He is on an expiring contract, though, which means he's not any kind of like long-term solution, certainly with DeAndre Hopkins. So I would I would struggle to put them any higher than 30th. And I that's probably sounds like a slight for Hopkins. I certainly don't intend it to come off that way. He's the first thousand yard wide receiver since AJ Brown was here. He by far and away exceeded any kind of expectation that you could have held for him. He dispelled the notion of washed wide receivers coming to the Titans at the end of their careers here. He is not Andre Johnson. He is not, uh, who's another name on that list? Randy Moss. He is not the best version of DeAndre Hopkins, but he's still a really, really good player. So with an addition in free agency, which we'll talk about, and with a draft pick, which we will also get into, this wide receiver group could look a lot different. Now, we said that as well last year, and the, the draft pick that they came away with was Colton Dow, and they were lucky that Hopkins, the situation played out the way that it was because maybe they knew they were really, go, really going to be the only team that put in a bid on him, but that's a pretty risky proposition for that almost to not have worked out. So with that being said, I think that uh, I think that I would say 30th, max for the Titans wide receiver group. I would like to be surprised 
by Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips. I, you know, I'm very much in a wait and see type of mode. Those guys have to very much earn it. So let's talk about how you would correct the situation, whether that be via the draft or free agency. And on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, we'll get to that here in just a second. Right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by Zen Sports. Download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, get up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager. The Preds back in action tomorrow. You got Vandy just getting their asses kicked by Georgia right now. If you bet on the Indiana Hoosiers, I pity you because they're currently trailing by 20 at the half to Nebraska, which makes me want to self harm. But self harm is not what you will get when you bet with Zen Sports. Plug in the promo code ATOZTN up to $1,000 on that no danger first wager. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. Must be 21 or up in Tennessee to bet. So how would you go about addressing the wide receiver situation? Um, We need to go full Jags. Overpay wide receivers because we suck, says Matt Stanley. So the Jags are a good test study for this um trevor lawrence's i think that was trevor lawrence's rookie year when they gave christian kirk that contract everybody looked around it was the same year that the uh, titans traded away aj brown um same year that aj brown got paid same year that uh, tyreek hill got paid and said wow they're giving up how much for christian kirk that's nuts now christian kirk and ends up being a really really important player for that offense and doug peterson makes him I mean, you could argue whether he's outright worth the value or not, but Doug Peterson makes him a legitimate, viable wide receiver option that he really wasn't in Arizona. And that matters for the Jags. You could see how much worse their offense got after he was dealing with injury. Calvin Ridley, speaking of Jags wide receivers, is going to be available to be signed in the offseason. It doesn't look like Jacksonville is going to tag him. I haven't seen a single player get tagged just yet, though the tag window just opened Yesterday, I like the idea of Calvin Ridley. Um, T. Higgins, we'll see what happens if that's a tag and trade scenario that ends up manifesting itself. There are also some lesser expensive. We talked about Tyler Boyd, for example, familiarity with Brian Callahan's system and not quite the top of market value or top of market cost that you would have in a veteran wide receiver who can come in and help the rest of the group learn the offense right away. There's options here. There's also the draft, which is the most interesting scenario because there's no predicting necessarily. It seems fairly obvious for the Titans to take a tackle at seven, but there's no guarantee that the Titans stick and pick at seven. There's no guarantee that the Titans take a tackle at seven. So as we basically wait for this draft to come about, all options for the most part should be on the table, save quarterback. You're not going to draft a quarterback that high when you already have capital invested in Will Levis, and Will Levis is the present, uh, not the future, but the present, so you need to immediately make him better. What wide receivers might you be interested in this draft class? There's a ton, and Greg Cosell and I talked about four of the best ones today on the latest episode of the Install Podcast. However, you would stack the Malik Neighbors, the LSU wide receiver, LSU a couple of wide receivers coming out, Uh, This year, six foot 200 is what they have him listed at on the official website for the Tigers. 89 receptions, just north of 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns on the year. Uh, Greg, if if we start to get around the seventh overall pick, and I know the Titans need offensive line help, but I love the idea of Malik Neighbors 
uh, in two-tone blue. What did you like from the tape? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, a lot of people, as you know, Buck, I'm not a list guy, but people always ask me that. He would be my number two if I had to make a list. Okay. I Again, another guy who I watched all his targets from both 2022 and 2023, and I, I really like Malik Neighbors. I mean, number one, he can play outside and in the slot. A ton of experience both you know in both areas um i think he's got a complete receiver skill set i mean you know you wouldn't say that he's purely explosive and i think that um he needs to to be a little more refined in his route running at, at times i felt like he relied exclusively on his physical ability to to, to beat press and run routes and um you know needs a little more refined and subtle technique to manipulate corners but that can be taught but I really like this kid. I mean, he he's he's really competitive. He's physical. There were times uh, with his run after catch presence and aggressiveness and physicality. I thought of Debo Samuel. Um, uh, you know, he worked all three levels of the defense. Um, he's he did show some body lean, some feints. You know, things that he needs to continue to get better at. But it was there in, in his body. Um, and I thought one of the things that's often overlooked, and, and I had a great conversation, a number of great conversations with the former Bengals and Ravens receiver TJ Hushmanzada about this, and and he brought this to my attention. And as soon as he said it, it was you know a light bulb went off in my head. And neighbors, what he can do is he has the ability to stop on a dime. When you're a receiver and a corner, for that matter, you need the ability to stop. Very often, guys who are burners and, and neighbors doesn't fall into the burner category but very often you know the four three guys those guys they struggle to stop they're very fast in a straight line and they can run away from people but they struggle to stop and neighbors was a master at being able to stop and and that's a very overlooked trait for a route runner certainly so Marvin Harrison Jr., that's Greg Cosell, by the way, of NFL Films. That's the podcast that Greg and I do every week. It's available in its entirety on 104.5 The Zone's YouTube channel. So while you're here or after you're done here with the primetime show, go ahead, jump over to 104.5 The Zone on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, and get the install and my radio show and all the radio shows on The Zone and all kinds of other clips and interviews and highlights uh, when you hit the subscribe button there. A to Z Sports Primetime is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. No workout ever recycled or repeated for the best version of you. A new way to work out for the best version of you. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for that first workout free today. Okay. There's a variety of different fixes here. Uh, tighten up Tony says Rome will be better than, uh, be better in my opinion, than neighbors. Okay. Well, those are just words. They don't mean anything. Um, Cordy Jackson says, uh, that there are actually Cordy Jackson appears to be in, oh, we won't be a wide out. It won't be a wide out. Number one. We need a left tackle with that number seven pick is what he says. Well, if the best, if the left tackle that's left at seven, isn't the left tackle for you then you don't have to pick a left tackle at seven. They have to fix the offensive line. The offensive line is the most important thing for them to address this offseason. But I'm not in interested in overdrafting a player just because there happens to be a tackle at seven that you could take. If you don't have the grade on him, 
then don't take him. If you do, great. Fix your offensive line and worry about the wide receivers. You've got depth at both positions to figure out something based on your draft board. Now, I don't know how, you know, for example, Rand Carthon and his staff would have these wide receivers and tackles stacked. All I know is that there is a lot of love for Malik Neighbors, Romo Dunze, obviously Marvin Harrison Jr., who's one of the better wide receiver prospects that we've seen in the last couple of years. Uh, and there are so many more names on down the list. Hell, Malik Neighbors isn't even uh, the only LSU wide receiver coming out this year. Uh, Brian Johnson Jr. is somebody, or excuse me, Brian Thomas Jr. is somebody who is going to be talked about a lot. He's a more raw prospect. He's bigger, though, than Malik Neighbors. And there's going to be a lot of interesting wide receivers of all different sh- sizes and shapes. Lad McConkey. Um, I don't know if Lad McConkey is going to end up being a first-round pick out of Georgia. I would be surprised, but there's a lot to like about this dude. He's not some tiny little white slot receiver. This is a guy who... Greg and I talked about this today, reminds Greg of Cooper Cup coming out of Eastern Washington. Doesn't mean that he's Cooper Cup right away. Just means that he's got some similar traits that might lend itself to success in the right system. Puka Nakua, for example. There's all kinds of different wide receivers that you can go about getting. The question is, are you going to put them in position to succeed? And that's what the coaching staff is tasked with first and foremost. So how can we address, uh, how can we address the wide receiver situation for the Titans if you're the general manager or the front office staff. Well, the free agent crop is pretty plentiful. Uh, ESPN has their top 50 free agents and the best landing spots for them out right now. Uh, Hollywood Brown is somebody that was brought up for the Titans, and I think that as a skill set fit makes a lot of sense in principle. They also brought up Chidobe Awuze, the corner, um, who makes sense for the Titans because you also need corner help too. So whether it's Hollywood Brown, whether it's Malik Neighbors, whether it's a draft pick to be named later or a lesser-known wide receiver that you bring in for depth, you're going to have options to be able to do this. Um, The thing that you cannot allow is a situation like last year where you, as Rand said, I believe, roll the dice and play the board. Well, rolling the dice and playing the board is all well and good until you end up in the seventh round and your wide receiver solution is Colton Dow. Before you have, uh, before you have DeAndre Hopkins on the roster, they are perilously thin uh, at the wide receiver spot, even with Hop, and they need to improve that depth and top end talent right away. They got to do it in a lot of positions, but wide receiver is as important, almost as important as the offensive line situation. Uh, BF says, Buck, don't forget about Brock Bowers at wide receiver. I mean, you can split him out wide like a wide receiver, but I don't know why some dude on Instagram was asking me about moving him permanently to wide receiver. Just because he doesn't have the size of like a Gronk yet doesn't mean once you get him in an NFL strength and conditioning program that he won't be able to improve those physical attributes. All right, so um, quickly, whose stock rose, whose stock fell this week in sports? That's how we'll wrap up the primetime show tonight. Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Tomorrow on the radio show, we'll be talking about a lot of these wide receiver options. We'll get into more about what Greg had to say, so make sure you're hanging out with us from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. While you guys tell me whose stock rose and whose stock fell, I'll remind you that the primetime program is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com and get your dream address without the stress Get the Intel edge you need to succeed at GaryAshton.com. Okay, whose stock rose, whose stock fell? UConn laid a dud, says Cody Valentine. Yes, the number one ranked team in the country 
coming out of the gates and losing was unfortunate. NBL, NBA All-Star fell flat. Everything but the three-point contest between Steph and uh, Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu. Tough scene. According to FanDuel, uh, Levis' stock apparently fell hard. Yeah, I mean, he's... <laughs> It's it's a stupid exercise that they've done, the FanDuel thing, but obviously it's going to create a conversation and they've done so successfully because the only way to engage Titans fans, the only way to really engage Titans fans is to piss them off because it's not a big fan base and, you know, if there's not a lot of you, then you whack the beehive and you make things happen from time to time. Um, but, yeah, the, the FanDuel thing is dumb. That, that could use a rebound. Caitlin Clark, 96 points from the record, says Mike McCown. She is, she might be my favorite college athlete of all time, Caitlin Clark. I wish that Nashville, uh, I know we're getting ready to talk about baseball or the idea of baseball in Nashville. I would so much rather have a, uh, I would so much rather have a WNBA team if it meant that you could get Caitlin Clark here in Nashville. Can you imagine? That would be absolutely electric. She would immediately raise the profile of the team that she plays for, the value of the team that she plays for. Uh, and that's going to be really, really cool to see when she comes out. Uh, I assume she's going to come out this year, but um, you never know. Uh, Paige Beckers is going back at UConn, so we'll see what happens with the WNBA draft this year. Either way, speaking of things that the city of Nashville wants but are just really not real and outli- outright gaslighting uh, people, baseball is something that uh, the city of Nashville wants, but baseball is not something that the city of Nashville can really, at this point, get. Buried deep in this article. Jeff Passan writes, Music City Baseball recently contracted the real estate development company Mortensen to undertake a stadium site and market analysis, two integral pieces to any eventual presentation to the league. Okay. The final step, sources said, would be to secure a general partner who could help cover an expansion fee that, even adjusted for inflation, is expected to be nearly 10 times what Diamondbacks and Rays ownership paid in 1998. Just, well, just the, we're, at, we're right there, right? We're at the finish line. The that, final step. That's, that's, the, that's it. That's the final step is billions of dollars. <laughs> that's like telling somebody, yeah, I'm getting married. Oh, congrats. I'm getting, well, I haven't met her yet. <laughs> haven't met her. Haven't dated anyone. It's haven't not proposed. Even like I matched on hinge with this girl. Nope. This feels like the one, this one that I'm getting ready to go out on the blind nope. date with. Nope. You could say, I'd like to get married. I would love to meet somebody that is the one and get married one day. That's what Music City Baseball is doing right now. They're looking for the one. But it hasn't happened yet. They're they're the uh, they're the the small child that's imagining what their wedding day might look like one day. They've, exactly. they've made a scrapbook. Exactly. They've yeah. made a scrapbook for their future wedding, right? A Pinterest page, even. That that is the equivalent of this to me. A notification popping up of MLB to Nashville and saying, "Well, the last step is to find somebody to pony up billions of dollars." Is <laughs> like texting all your friends, "Guys, I'm getting married." Well, I haven't met the girl, but it'll happen maybe one day down the road, years from now, hopefully. <laughs> So, uh, baseball in Nashville is not real until you have money. And nobody's ponying up for the team. It's going to be a privately funded stadium to hear the mayor of Nashville tell it. So, baseball in Nashville is not real. Uh, Eric Alonzo says, Buck, you're bugging. We would rather have the WNBA over MLB. Yeah, I'm good with the sounds. Like, I don't give a shit about baseball, guys. Baseball's not, never mattered in my life at all. Uh, I'm a way bigger basketball fan. And no matter what kind of basketball fan it is than baseball, and I live uh, downtown. I live right by the Sound Stadium. It's, yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's like a mile. It's not unwalkable from my house. So, like, why do I need more than the four or five Sounds games I go to a year? First, uh, what's it called? First Horizon Park is perfect. It's a perfect setup. It's the perfect amount of baseball for me to not actually pay attention to. 
uh, and for me to go and drink uh, the frozen Jack Daniels slushies in the outfield at the band box. It's perfect. So, yeah, uh, we have baseball here as far as I'm concerned. The sounds are great. Braves, there's way too many Braves fans uh, to try and make that a successful thing out the gate. There's no actual money for baseball in Nashville to make that a viable option. There's no land deal for baseball in Nashville. So without any of those things, baseball in Nashville is not real. And if you're giving me the option between the two, I'm going to say, yeah, the sounds are plenty baseball enough for me and give me a basketball team. Now, would I prefer an NBA team? Sure. I would I would trade the Preds in a heartbeat for the Grizzlies um, because I'm a basketball fan. But in the absence of an NBA team coming to Nashville, then I'll take a WNBA team. I'm all for it. Let's go. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. All I know is until there's money with baseball, that's not a thing. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. We appreciate you guys hanging out here with us uh, on the Primetime Show Radio tomorrow from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. We'll dive into more draft prospects. Uh, we will get you ready for the NFL Combine because I'm heading up there. Shit, I think I'm going to be there from Tuesday to Friday uh, at this point uh, based on the schedule. So we'll have a lot of pr- Combine and draft prospect discussion for you. So come hang out with us. On uh, on 104.5 The Zone from 10 to 1, Brandon says, how about Nashville focuses on having a winning football team first? Yeah, well, they've been trying to screw around with that for 25 years. Uh, that's pl- My attention span is short. It's the team that I cover, but, you know, they've had plenty of cracks at this thing. Um, focus on winning football. They can only do so much, and they've had 25 years to figure it out and so haven't done it uh, consistently successful yet. Doesn't mean they can't. Just means they haven't. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight. I'll see you tomorrow on 104.5 The Zone. This is our cult. This is our team. We bleed blue. This is our cult. Whether win or lose, we love them. For the shoe, beat the Titans. Let the world hear us now. This is our team. Go Cole.